Green Mountain Dental Group is in Lakewood, and they're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. Plus, they're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like everyone here at DNVR. And when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush just because they like you. You can tweet at them, you can let them know, tag us as well, so the community can be one big awesome family and support everybody. It's honestly awesome. You know, we talk about it all the time because we're the hockey squad, so... Every other day, it felt like the Avs were getting some dental work done this season with all of the, the facial injuries that went down. But, you know, a free Sonicare toothbrush can prevent you from all of that plaque buildup and all of that. Hopefully, you're not getting too many teeth knocked out. They can help you with that as well. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scores. Nathan McKinnon, Cole J, T, Comfer, 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, collective hugs, 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Got my Breck Brew I picked up from them just the other day with me here. I'm Rudo, he's AJ, and you know, there's no more beating around the bush. We're just diving full into draft coverage. We kind of dipped our toes in yesterday, but but now it's, it's full-on time, and... We're going to be looking at three more Swedish players today, that being the big three forwards of Lucas Raymond, Alex Holtz, and Noel Gunler. Interesting core. Uh, realistically, That's a good way to put it. Realistically, I mean, there's a very good chance none of them are there when the Avs pick. I, uh, I would say that zero expectations on these guys landing in Colorado but good guys to get to know because there's a decent chance they land in division. I'd say there's a decent chance of that, very much so, especially uh, Chicago and Minnesota. Yep. And then I would say there's a non-zero chance that Gunler could fall, but we'll get into that conversation. Um, I don't know. Where should we start, AJ? Should we start at the top of this list or at the bottom? Yeah, start at the top. All right. Well, begrudgingly... The most all-around player of the three is Lucas Raymond. Uh, I absolutely love Alexander Holtz, and, and we'll talk about him. He's my type of draft-eligible player to a T, basically. But Raymond is going to give you the most complete package today. Um, what is your type? Shooters. <laughs> since, we're, since we're getting into this, what is what is your bias? What's the What's the type of prospect that you watch? Every single year, and you're like, yep, that guy's great. And just the, the type of guy that you trend towards. Can shoot. Very good off the puck. Guys that know how to get themselves open and know how to finish from those areas. Yeah, that's what I fall in love with super easily. Um, the Don't get me wrong, I, I love passing as well, but when you watch that guy who you know he's thinking the game at the, at a higher level than some of the players around him, and 
he sees the play developing, and he cuts to the open area, has the confidence to call for a puck, and when he gets it, the goalie's shaking in his boots a little bit. That's the guy <laughs> I like. Well, you enough. Are you going to tell me defenseman? No, um, I mean... <laughs> I li- obviously I like defensemen, but it's more about like how to build a team, right? Um, but I would say last year there was a kid in the draft that sort of hit on every little thing that I like about prospects. Sure, uh, Jameson. Do you remember Jameson Reese? Yep, <laughs> I loved him. I loved him. You... He was. He was a good skater. He's a really hard worker. Just a maniacal, like, just a hockey-obsessed kid yep. that throws the body and and just sort of does a little bit of everything. Chips in on all the units. And for me, if, if a guy's not playing special teams, a certain special team unit in junior... I'm discouraged about his ability to translate that to yeah. the and that already that already feels like a limiting factor on a guy. If you're like, well, this guy's never, you know, there are only so many guys that you you look at and say this is their these are 70 point guys or whatever. Yeah, for these sure. guys are going to be high-end offensive players. And so you start trying to find the value out of these guys. Okay, well, what else can they do? You know, all right, well there's there's a whole lot of guys in the NHL that score between 30 and 50 points every year with very different roles, and they make or break how good teams are. And I, I, guys that don't play special teams make me uncomfortable. Sure. Like, it's, it just makes me wonder, like, why? Is it, is it a veteran-laden team? You know, sometimes you get some of these Memorial Cup teams that just get stacked. Right. And it's like seven guys on that team got drafted and there's just not room. Okay. Like I can, that's fine. That that doesn't bother me. But if it's, if it's a bad team, you know, like last year when we were talking about Peyton Krebs and he was on that awful Winnipeg yeah. ice team. Terrible team. And like he did everything for them. Yeah. I mean, absolutely everything. And that's what you want to see. That's, that's exactly Hey, if that guy's your best player, he needs to be playing all the time for that team. And he was, and that honed his all-around game. That makes him a better all-around prospect. All of that is translatable. That's very, very intriguing to me. One of maybe the most encouraging things about Alex Newhook's season this year is the fact that that guy played on the PK. Mm-hmm. I loved that. And Jamison Reese last year was kind of, kind of that guy for me that just checked so many boxes. Like, not going to be a high-end guy, not a guy that I expect is going to go out there and, and score 25 goals in a season. But he's going to be a really hard-working guy who should be effective when he gets into the league. And he should have a nice, long career and be one of those fan favorites. Just a a, a Matt Calvert, like, everybody loves this dude, right? Just a, a an obsessively hard worker. Yep. High character, stuff like that. So that's that's really... and and. Good skaters. Always with me. It starts of with skating. Course, of course. If your if your feet are bad, man, get out of here. Just don't don't come across my radar. There are very <laughs> few there are very few bad skating prospects that I will get attached to. Yeah. I 
I tend to agree with the skating side of that. I was out on Gabe Velarde a couple years ago, despite all the things that he did well. I was not about Gabe Velarde because his feet were just... Velarde was weird, though, because, like, he generated decent power with an ugly stride. That, But it was just like, how much is a power skating coach going to fix this? Where That's a dude where it's like he, in order to get better, he needs to overhaul it. And yeah. just, that's just not realistic. Yeah. You, you're not going to overhaul uh, an entire way that a guy has spent his entire life skating. And, sure. that's, and so that puts a cap on a guy. Like, if he can find a way around that, then great. But for me, I just, I would not. I, where where LA took him is is great. Like that would have been definite conversation for me. But the conversations about him in the top five and stuff, I was like, no way. So what you're describing is basically that you're gonna really like Lucas Raymond. I do really like Lucas Raymond. Yeah, yeah I prefer him over Holtz. So, um, which you know, you and I had this conversation earlier in the in the season, and we were in the exact same spots that we are today. Yep. It, I mean. He's fun to watch. Honestly, all these guys are fun to watch at times. Raymond, the best passer of the three by a good margin, I think. Again, probably the best of the three in the defensive zone. I'm not saying he's great in the defensive zone. I think he's just solid. But for the other two, it's a bit of a work in progress. So he also played, you know, the majority of his year in the SHL as, as all of these guys did. And, had probably the most success translating his all-around game against pro players, against men, which super encouraging for me on him because he is a little bit on the smaller side, listed as 5'10 and only 165 pounds this year. Yeah, also playing time was a bit of an issue for him this year. Was not a guy who... It's an issue for all of these kids in the SHL, though. Yeah. It's just that when you're talking about a top 10 pick and, you know, you want to you wanna see, like, hey, you want to see this guy kind of demand more ice time from the club that they're on. This is not this is not like the KHL where kids don't get chances. Yes, I mean, that's fair to say. Also, he had a solid WJC, not great, just solid. Kind of felt like Sweden as a whole. Yeah, very true. This year, it it really felt like it was like a. Uh, this group is decent. Yeah, but you didn't love it. It didn't feel like that the typical Swedish group where you had a couple of just absolute studs. Right. Kind so, of felt like the Elias Anderson Swedish teams. Mm, yeah, I suppose. I think there's a little bit more talent there, but I do like both of them. Uh, both of these guys more than Anderson. Just just talking about the WJC team. Yeah, right, go for on. sure. For sure. Um, yeah, very good skater. Uh, when you combine his skating and intelligence, I, I think plus his vision is where you really get a special player at that point. Uh, yeah. His ability to move through the offensive zone and find his teammates is just a cut above. And it it's not something that's wholly unique to this draft class or the NHL or anything like that, which is why you see him probably at the end of the top five or maybe just outside the top five on most people's lists. The The proof of it isn't quite there yet as compared to someone like a, a Laffy, a Byfield, even someone like a Perfetti maybe. Rossi. 
Yeah. But you can see all the pieces there, and you can see there's not a ton of rawness to his game, unlike Wallander, who we talked about the other day, who's extremely raw. It does. It's not going to take a ton for Raymond to make that jump. Would you put him in the AHL next year? Well, let's assume that the AHL has a season next year, obviously. Yeah. Um, would you Would you draft him and put him immediately in the AHL? One hundred percent. I would. Are you a believer in that route for Euros? I am. There. I think the quicker you get them over. All right. Assuming there's a level of talent and comfortableness of, of the player's ability at the AHL level, mm-hmm. you need to get them on the smaller ice. You need to get them adjusted to the pace of play in North America because it is significantly different, especially with Swedes. The SHL is a much slower-paced league. It's a much more defensively-minded. They need to be constantly pushing that offensive play, and I think the AHL helps a lot with that. Do you think that it matters where they play in their draft year? Like, say say that uh, Lucas Raymond wasn't playing in uh, in the SHL, and he was playing in like the the J the the J twenty or yeah in the in the Super Elite on the the J twenty team where he did spend um some couple games, yeah, yeah. And like ripped it up, yeah. Um, like, but but primarily was an SHL player. Does that give you an extra comfort yeah. of him being able to make the AHL jump? Yes. Had he spent the entire year in the Super Elite on the J twenty team, would you rather see him get the SHL next year and then go to the AHL? Um. So even if they play in the Super Elite, I'd be okay with them jumping into the AHL. You know, assuming that's their path, which for a first rounder, it, 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 they should be playing in a pro re- pro league in their D plus one, if possible. Obviously, mm-hmm. with Canadian juniors, you can't do that a little bit. But for the Euros, yeah, can. obviously, like different different conversation. Yeah, of course. but so I would still bring them over to the AHL. But yes, watching these players make it to the SHL and it does two things for them. First, it shows the world what their game looks like against pro teams and against men. And two, it shows them what they need to work on to get to that next level of play as well. So I think the player's path becomes a lot clearer when they have that bit of pro experience. Different leagues, there's always going to be adjustments, but it's always a big, big step to go from playing against your peers to playing against everyone, against men. 30 and up at times, you know, from everywhere from age 18 to age 35 or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's just another level to that where you'll see some prospects take a bit longer to adjust to that. So. Which central division team is he, is, is Raymond the best fit for? Boy, um... That has a realistic chance of drafting him. Not yeah. like, oh, he'd be great in Colorado. Like, okay, I, yeah, he'd be great in St. Louis too. It's not going to happen. Let me see. Let me actually pull up the draft list and I can see who's drafting where here, or roughly. We don't know with it. <clears throat> um, it the first team that popped into my mind was Chicago, which is a little bit weird. 
because they do have some smaller guys like Debrincat. They do have a lot of moving pieces around that team with guys like Nylander and Strom. But maybe you just cut your losses and take the high talent player here if you're if you're picking in that range for Chicago. If they hit the lottery and they move up into the top five, six, seven, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I honestly don't think he would be a very good fit with the team Minnesota likes to build. But you know, uh, if they pick in the right range, this is going to be a guy that at a certain point it, there's just too much value there, and you have to take him. Feels like Minnesota can't take a wing. Right. It's like they really, 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 really need center help. Yeah. I I tend to agree with that as well. And I mean, obviously Koivu's not getting any younger. Um it's just a question of what's gonna be there, because there's mm-hmm. a good chance a lot of the centers are gone by the time Minnesota gets to pick. Yeah. So for the central, I, I I'd say Chicago realistically is the only one. They've invested a lot of picks on defense lately too, so yep. getting some young offensive talent um, to go along, like you you could easily envision uh, a future, you know, Raymond Doc and DeBrincat together. Right. As that's a that's a handful that. You have both Raymond and Doc can distribute the puck extremely well. Two very different stylistic players as well. And then Debrincat firing pucks into the net. That's uh, yeah. So it's definitely spooky to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Anaheim here picking fifth. I think it might be a decent fit for them. He's a very I, the only thing. The only thing with Anaheim is, uh, do they? Do, after Trevor Zegras last year, do they already have that want guy? To, do, yeah. Yeah. Do they want to get the same kind of creative playmaker puck distributor? Like what are they just going to pass the puck back and forth? Like, yeah, I, I, I hear you on that. I, I think they, or can... do you just not even care? You're right. like, Hey, we're, we're picking nits. This is the best player on our board. Just take him and don't even worry about it. And, Oh that, no, we're going to put good players together and see what happens. That's pretty much what I think it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, it's doesn't feel you like You don't need to get that cute with it. Doesn't feel like a great fit for Buffalo, doesn't feel like a great fit for Montreal. I tell you, if Buffalo takes another wing, I'm going to laugh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so maybe an odd fit for some of the teams drafting in that area, but the talent is just there. It's just He's not someone that I see falling out of the top ten, certainly. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I I would struggle if he got out of the top ten. Like Colorado should be okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I will certainly drink to the fact that he could get out of the top ten. I'll be drinking if he does. So it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. I got their new summer pills with me right here. It's a nice, light summer beer. Not quite summer yet. It's May, but it's coming soon. So you can pick this up in their 15-can sampler pack or their 12-pack of bottles here, as well as all your other favorite Breckenridge Brewery beers. You can head on down to the farmhouse in Littleton and even get $5 off a meal for pickup when you use code DNVR when you give them a call at 303-803-1380. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by... Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, another place you can pick up your Breck Brew. Rudo and AJ here. We've talked about Raymond. Period two here. 
is going to talk about my man, Alex Holtz, who I, he has the best shot of all the Euros in the draft. He, there's an argument to be made he has the best shot in the draft class. So if you're talking about an NHL translatable skill, that's one of them. You think so? I think uh, I'm reserved to say it is the best shot because of the high-end talent coming out of the Canadian juniors. But it's definitely the best of the Euros. The kid has a legitimate shot. He can wrist shot. He can slap shot. He can snap shot. He can backhand. I do wonder about a guy like Quinn, but go on. (laughs) Fair enough. Nonetheless, extremely good shooter, as I mentioned. Very, very good off the puck and finding open space in the offensive zone. no accident. Every single level he's ever been at, he scored goals. Yeah, he played three games in the Swedish juniors this year and had hat tricks in two of them. So they said, <laughs> yeah. okay, I guess he's ready yeah. for the SHL. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been fun to watch those <laughs> couple of games where you're just like, Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> and another all player right. that, you know, did a little bit struggled to find ice time in the SHL, but in his limited time scored nine goals in 35 games in a very strong defensive league. He's just a, he's an outright finisher in the offensive zone. His skating is solid. It's not great, but it's not hurting him. Feels like passable. Yeah. And it's, he, He's not full tryhard or anything like that, but you know he's willing to put in the work. He he will go down. He will grind when he has to, and and pick up plays and go in go into the dirty areas when it's required of him. Solid passer again, not great. His, his standout strength is obviously his shooting, and he's fairly well rounded in the offensive end. Uh, the defensive end, a bit of a work in progress, but that's another area where the effort level is there. It's just kind of sorting things out a little bit for him. I think my favorite thing about his game is that as a goal scorer, he has that feel yep. for finding the right spots to, you know, the positions. The soft the, spots, the, yep. Yeah, the, the positions in the zone to put himself in to to score the goals. Right. And it's something that you see, like, some guys are great shooters. Like, do you remember great examples, a guy like Jake Bertanen? Sure. You remember, I, I don't know if you remember his draft year at all in the WHL, but like had a, had a, had a really good shot. And that was like something that he was known for, but didn't feel like a, it didn't feel natural. Yeah. Like he did not, he did not, he, he, he was able to play just like sh- a goal scorer. He just had a great shot. Right. Yeah. He could shoot through WHL goalies. Right. And that's what, that's what kind of stood out. And then. As we've seen, he struggled to translate into the NHL, um, sure. and and that's kind of been one of one of his one of his issues is that he can't just get away with the things that he's been able to get away with, and so there's having a great shot, and then there's I think being a great shooter. Yep. And it's good I I like I I like what I really like about Holtz is that I think he's a great shooter, is that he he understands kind of the way that we saw with Caulfield last year where he could get himself in position to shoot and he could do it from a lot of different angles and he could do it any kind of any any kind of way as you mentioned you know the the a snapshot a wrist shot a slap shot whatever backhand 
he can he he's got all the all the tricks in the bag. Yep. And he also has the IQ to exploit yes. to to best to best maximize that ability. It, it's not just something he's good at. It's that, something that he actively excels at doing. And I think that's what makes him so dangerous at the next level. If, you know, comparing him to to recent guys in a similar vein, someone like Patrick Laine, good at getting open, yeah. but you know maybe not the highest IQ in the world, but understands the right. offensive zone and where he needs to be. Knows how to knows where to put himself in order to be able to blow pucks past goalies. Exactly. So, line A shot better than his, just admittedly. But yeah, but I also think Holtz is a. I would I would take the IQ and Holtz over line A. Exactly. That's exactly where I was going with it. Uh, another similar guy drafted recently that was another love of mine, Owen Tippett. Oh yeah, I loved him. So. That's why I'm excited Boy, about Holtz. He's been good in the AHL. Yeah, he though. crushed it this year in the AHL. 19 goals, 40 points, and 46 I games. Like, I don't know what Florida's going to do, man. They've built up such an insane crop of forward talent. Just have a top 6A and a top 6B. <laughs> Honestly, they could if they wanted to. Yeah. That's why it's like, oh, like Mike Hoffman and Dadnov are free agents. Like, they could let them walk, and their top cool. 6 doesn't even Yeah, blink. right. They're just what so the stacked. Hell? <laughs> I could just figure anyway. out that back end, but yeah, back on uh, back on the draft side of things. Um, so, same question about uh, about Holtz. Where where would you think he best fits? Which which team makes the most sense for him? Where and especially as a fan of the player, where are you most worried about him ending up? Like, I wanted to throw up when Minnesota took Matt Boldy last year. I mean, yeah, I I'm. I'm almost more worried about him winding up in Chicago than Raymond. You think so? Do you, you think even with, you know, Kane's not going anywhere to Brincat? I mean, Kane know, and Kirby Doc. Like, Kane's not lot of, getting any younger. He's not, but he's also really hasn't shown the propensity for slowing down yet. And like, you know, that'll happen eventually. And he's not, he and Holtz are two very different players. I just mean there's one puck. Uh, that, sure, there's only one puck, but uh, Holtz a lot of can shooters, man. be pretty effective, I think, without the puck on his stick until he's pulling the trigger. And okay. yeah, it's a lot of faith in Kirby Doc to be a true high-end distributing center if you're going with someone like Holtz. Yeah. Uh, Raymond obviously alleviates that a bit more than him. But given where Chicago, honestly, is likely to pick this season... Unless they screw it up, I'm not looking forward to whoever they pick, no matter what. Yeah. Um, again, another wing. Does it take Askarov? Well, they can take Askarov. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, Your hatred of goalies, sir. <laughs> Jeremy's not on the show, so we're good. <laughs> uh, he said it, not me. <laughs> Minnesota, like you said, needs centers. Uh, they have other problems to deal with, I think, and whatever Minnesota does, nothing they do really scares me until Parise and uh, Suter's contracts are sorted out. Um, yeah, they just feel so stuck in this weird... Honestly, you know what? He really feels like an L.A. Kings pick to me. Boy. Put that guy next to... 
Turcott and Akil Thomas. Yeah. You get a lot of talent there. Someone who can play alongside an aging Kopitar as well. I tell you, though, if, if L.A. passes up on Drysdale. Yeah, I, I mean, that's more talking like if L.A. falls to 5, 6, 7. Yeah. Some people move up in the draft or something, but. Yeah, fair enough. It, it's, again, we're running into all the same problems as Raymond here. Buffalo, do they really need a wing? Montreal, do they really need a wing? Buffalo, I think Buffalo could probably just use anything. Like I, yeah. I made that comment about about Raymond, and then I started thinking about it, and I was like, well, if they try and force Cousins at center, if you know Middlestat, they doesn't ever pan out for them. Yeah, maybe they just maybe they just need talent, and they they don't need to worry about and, it. Whereas like Montreal needs to take another center, and like, that's <laughs> they just have to. That's how. It, it really is going to depend on how the draft plays out because Buffalo slated to pick seventh. If Raymond's that yeah. there, it's, it's easy. You just take him. The value is too good on Raymond at seven. Yeah. And especially the idea of him playing um, next to a guy like Eichel. Yep. So that makes sense. It, it, the question is, where is the value just too much on Holtz? And I think, think it could go a little deeper than that before you absolutely have to pick that guy. Mm-hmm. As we said, you know, how do you feel about Perfetti? How do you feel about a, a Rossi? How do you feel about a Jack Quinn? I mean, there are so many names that could get mixed around in that 6 to 10 range. Mm-hmm. So, I'd, I'd take him at 7, honestly. But I don't know that the league would. I mean... Yeah, I would take him ahead of Jack Quinn. And and to be honest, like in a world where the Abs were in that range, he probably doesn't make a ton of sense with them. You you already have Burakovsky to kind of be that guy on your second line. Yeah, I would probably say say that the there's there are thirteen and the Abs could trade up for him, right? And they get the thirteenth pick and whatever, like. I, I don't know. I would probably take him and just drop him next to New Hook, and it's fine. Or, I mean, look, if you're there and he's the best value, you just do it, right? But if it's a toss-up between him and whoever else is on the board, maybe someone else fits what the Avs need a little better. Yeah, I guess it would depend on who that other person is, of course. Yeah. But and it is interesting to think about. Before we get uh, too far into the weeds on that, we can take our uh, second period break here, as it is that time. Tomorrow night, there is another UFC event. I already told y'all my money is on uh, not the Colorado boy in Drew Dober, but I am uh, taking his opponent, Alex Hernandez, in that one. And if you want to get in on the betting action, DraftKings Sportsbook is now officially in town here in Colorado, bringing legal sports betting to you. Before you know it, all the rest of the sports will be back as well. But for now, we have things like the KBO and the UFC to bet on. And everything is more fun with skin in the game. DraftKings created this sports book created by sports fans for sports fans. This is in some offshore operation. It is the legitimate 
Sportsbook from DraftKings based right here in the U.S. And you can bet whenever you want on the site. Just roll on there. They have awesome opt-in deals all the time that I love to use. I've got a lot of my money back on my weaker bets because I've opted into their $5 free bets and things like that. So you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up for a limited time to get up to a $1,000 sign-up bonus. The $1,000 sign-up bonus is straight up awesome it's basically just free money in your pocket to bet with all the way around only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older Colorado only bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and first bet match each up to $500 deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough restrictions do apply see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Ruto and AJ So we've talked about the two, one of them certainly a slam dunk top 10 pick, the other one probably going in the top 10. And then you have maybe the most interesting of the three coming out of Sweden in Noel Gundler, who there's a bit of mystery and and intrigue surrounding this kid as... He did essentially spend the entire year playing in the SHL, like these other two, in in limited minute roles, but nonetheless he was there, and yet he did not get invited to any international events with the under-20 team all year long. So there are some apparent concerns about perhaps his off-ice work ethic or his off-ice mentality. It's not clear to me. It's something that teams are going to have to do their due diligence on this guy with whatever type of interviews they're having with prospects right now. Mm-hmm. So already- every year we get a couple of these guys, right? Yep. You get a couple of boy, this guy's really talented dot, 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 but exactly. And you know, we had, uh, what was it? Kaliev recently. Yep. Um, Raph Lavoie was another guy that was kind of like that. Merkley in the extreme. Yeah, Mer- boy, boy, you're not kidding about that one. Yeah. Merkley and Merkley was no joke. He was. I I have never gotten more pushback from talking to certain people in the Avs organization than I did when I asked about Merkley. Yeah, <laughs> that bad. It was bad, dude. Like it was like. I was like, so just what are your thoughts? And it was like, what are my thoughts on the player or what are my <laughs> thoughts on the situation? And I was like, both, you know, yeah, just, right. just, just curious. Top right. Head, and, yeah. and, and I got, I got like the most PC answer <laughs> I have ever gotten. And then a flat refusal to engage on the topic ever again. Yeah. So it was like, okay, <laughs> this is, uh, that is what know. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. So, uh, yeah, man, I, that was super interesting. So you, they're going to have to do their homework. Yep. And I don't, I don't have any idea if the Gunler situation is anything, uh, yeah, remotely in the same ballpark. Honestly, just not familiar enough with what's going on there. So, yeah. But, but, but the player, you know, on ice, 
Right. Can't speak to the off-ice stuff. The talent is very obviously there when it shows up. Great shooter, not quite to the level of a Holtz, but absolutely has prime finishing ability. Big, mm-hmm. Bit of a bigger package player. When he wants to be a power forward, he can be at times in the offensive zone, strong on the puck, can drive the net, can beat defensemen that way. He has flashes of great intelligence. There are some, on the forecheck particularly, he reads plays extremely well and can step into passing lanes and cause chaos. So there's a lot to like on that side. His playmaking is inconsistent. At times he can make brilliant passes. At other times he tries to force pucks into heavily covered players for no apparent reason. And I I wonder especially when he makes the jump to the SHL level as he did this year against higher caliber competition. I wonder if he's, he's struggling with that, the pace, his vision isn't quite adjusted to that speed of defense. Um, the, the huge, the huge problem for him is just his consistency and his effort level. His defensive game is not great. It, it, he just, there's intelligence there, but the effort just isn't put in. You'll see him floating all of the time. You'll see him wanting to fly the zone and not doing the things that he needs to be doing, not working hard in the defensive zone. Someone his size should be winning board battles with regularity, and he rarely even engages in them in the defensive zone. He seems like he just wants to play offense and and has no interest in the defensive zone, which is unfortunate because it's obvious that he can read the play and be effective if he wanted to be. Uh, So... That's his biggest problem. That and just overall consistency of his game. He's a bit streaky. Well, you'll see him have up and down days. Um, another good, not great skater, but for him, a little bit on the bigger side. I don't think that's that's any issue at all. He's just fine for for his size. Yeah. Um, kind of kind of surprised, honestly. I just expect more out of kids coming out of the Swedish school. Yeah. Not not the normal Swedish mindset for a guy at all. Well, and these guys as a group, they're just as skaters. It's like yeah. Yeah, you're so used to those seeing those, you know, like they're floating over the ice type guys coming out of Sweden. Yeah, like very smooth yep. skaters where you know not necessarily explosive, but you know, like when we saw with like uh, Lilia Grin and Sandine a couple years ago, like yep. guys with great feet. Yep, exactly. So you know, and Bokefest, like. The tons of tons of guys that come out of Sweden that just sort of look like they glide, yeah. and these guys don't really have that. This group is just very like choppy. Yep, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I would say, um, yeah, with Gunler, I just he's not the type of prospect that ever draws my eye. He's he's one that I look mm-hmm. at and I go, I get frustrated with because I can see there's more there, but it's just not happening. And I really wonder, you know, if he gets in the right org, if he gets in the right situation, if he gets his head on right, he can absolutely reach that ceiling. But I don't know how much faith I have in him getting mm-hmm. there, barring the perfect situation. And on the one hand, that could make him a faller. If he's pushing into the late 20s and Colorado says, you know what, we can take a chance on a high skill guy here okay but 
he's not someone that would be on my target list. I'll put it that way. Okay. So. Just a hard... These prospects that are this type are hard to read for me. Because if they figure it out and you didn't like them, you'll end up looking like an idiot. Yeah. But if you take the chance on him too high in the first round and he doesn't put it together, then you end up looking like an idiot. So... Yeah, and this is this is why I always have kind of shied away from these guys. Is because it's like, is the upside so great that you know, with a guy like Merkley where San Jose was drafting, like that made a lot of sense. Hey, they may not get an opportunity to draft really high again for a while. And, you know, obviously we see how things have gone now and whoops. Yep. <laughs> but like at the time it was like, hey, you you don't know when you're gonna get a, a chance at a guy with this kind of talent. I don't know that Gunler gets deep enough for us to have this conversation, but I also don't know that the upside is like so high that if he were to get to Colorado at 27 or 28, that it would be like, and you absolutely have to take him. I guess this leads back into what we were talking about in the first period is, I think getting into the SHL and playing against men exposed him quite a bit in this area because he would have destroyed the Swedish junior league had he played there all season. He'd have looked like a monster in that league and and it wouldn't have mattered, but he made it to that next level and it really exposed some of the deficiencies and, and effort level issues in his game that makes you pump the brakes on a guy like that. And honestly, anytime, anytime we're talking about a kid in his draft year with an effort level question, yeah, it makes you a little nervous because, like, if you can't get yourself to care in your draft year, right, a year that could well decide your future in the game forever. Yeah, <laughs> like, does it? Does are you comfortable that it ever happens at that point? And I, I generally err on the side of caution when it comes to that. Certainly, so. Yeah, just not my favorite type of prospects. Uh, he, I'll, you know what? In, in a lot of ways, he reminds me of someone like Mikhail Gregorenko. Same kind of frame, same kind of body type, same kind of intelligence. Same kind of skating. Same kind of skating, same kind of shying away from the physicality of the game. Not quite as much as Grigo did, but certainly on the defensive end. And... In that regard, I think he would be a player that Jared Bednar absolutely hates. <laughs> I do not think he fits the abs culture at all. And that's a that's a it's a really important consideration as well when we talk about this because if a guy is not gonna if, if a guy doesn't fit who you are, your identity, then you don't really care how good he is. Yep. He's not for you. Exactly. So yeah, I, as far as where he goes in the draft, uh, almost everyone has him going somewhere in the teens. I Nashville can make that mistake or something, I guess. I don't know. I think Winnipeg basically has to take a defenseman, but yeah. if they were to take a forward, he feels very Winnipeg. That's true. Definitely Winnipeg stylistically. They, they are not afraid to take a chance on talent. They they have to, you know, they have such a hard time getting players to come there that the draft is kind of the one area where they can be like, hey, we got you for seven years now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you, you here, dude, you might as well make the best of it. And yep. uh, 
you know, they they are a team that I think could but again, they they really need a defenseman. Like if there's ever a team that is dying for Jake Sanderson to get to them, it's it's, it's Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the Rangers need him. Florida definitely doesn't need him. Columbus could be a conversation. You could put Grigorenko and Gunler on the same team. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Columbus's drafting is always a little. It's its own thing. They they remind me of the Seahawks from the NFL, who they they just kind of march to their own beat and don't worry about it. Yeah. Definitely, they get away with it. I mean, they 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 do just fine. So it's it's whatever. But it's just they on draft day. They're always one of the more interesting organizations for me to keep an eye on because they always do they always do something where I go, huh? Team that mixes it up a little, yeah. Yep. So yeah, I guess those have been the uh, the big three Swedish forwards in this draft. That really the two big Swedish forwards and the third guy who's kind of at least in a half tier below, if not a full tier, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I would say a full tier. Yeah. If we were making the prospect pyramid, he would be a level below. Yeah. I would definitely be fine with that. So interesting players, probably not directly influencing the Avs, but very well could be guys that they have to play against with regularity in the years to come. Yeah, of of all of these guys, of these three, the one that I absolutely don't want in the division is probably Holtz. Agreed. You know that dude is going to come in and score a goal every single game against the Fs. Yeah, I mean that's just it's it's like having to deal with like Debrin Cat, where you're just like, oh, God, yep, like God, you got to account for this guy, and you know it's just it's just a pain in the ass to deal with. Yeah. Guys who are who are just pure goal scorers because they're so dangerous. They all all they need is one touch of the puck yeah. and they make something they make something magical happen and you're just like You give that guy six inches too much room and it's yeah, over. Like yeah. you shut this guy down all game and like you you've done a great job. You've been you've been covering, you've been you've smothered that offensive output. He hasn't been doing anything, he's been a total no show, and then you you have one bad gap on a rush, and that dude just smokes one past your goaltender, and it's like uh, frustrating. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's you're just like, dude, come on. But you know that's, that's what the makes same, the NHL. Yeah, it's, it's a game of mistakes. Same reason I like the guy so much is why I'll I'll hate it when he does it to the apps, basically. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but, you know he can he can he can go to like he can go to Columbus. Sure, somewhere out east. Why not? Yeah, he goes. It sucks that there's only so many teams out east. You know where he honestly would be great. He'd be great in New Jersey. Can they keep going forward though? <laughs> Might as well, right? <laughs> it's not. It's not like they they've been drafting so many forwards. Like what was it like Zaka and then uh, McLeod and Hughes, yeah, obviously, and then but... Heisher and Hughes, and it's like they they've been spending all these picks on forwards. They're still not very good at forward. <laughs> it's fair. It's, it's a little. It's a little like Buffalo, honestly. But you know, Buffalo gets the gets the LOL Buffalo thing, and people aren't like LOL New Jersey. They just sort of forget the Devils exist. <laughs> Bring in so, the shade. 
I mean, it's it's true. Like, the hockey world likes to laugh at the Sabres. Like, it's just kind of a thing that you do, right? Like, ah, the Sabres, you guys. <laughs> and then the Devils, you're just like, oh, yeah. Oh. It's a whole team full of guys I've never heard of. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess pick better at yeah. the end of the day. We uh we should do a mock draft this week. I am down for a mock draft of the first round anyway. Oh yeah, of course. No, I don't like doing mock drafts beyond that because it's just like all you're doing is trying to pick guys that make sense for Colorado. Yep. We could throw out some names for the third or something, but yeah. Down for a mock draft. Y'all can probably expect that this week, I guess, according to AJ, you know, we'll, we'll yeah, figure that's things a good out. Friday, Joe. Um, yeah, we can do that Friday. Tomorrow we have a watch along. We, I, did we decide to do a modern game or are we doing a prospect tomorrow? I don't know. Uh, I think we should start with Wallander tomorrow. All right, we'll do Wallander tomorrow. You can jump in and catch one of the Swedish defensive prospects. AJ and I will uh, watch along and probably uh, chat about them as the game goes along. Yeah. I expect running commentary over top of the game because even if even if there is like a broadcast, like I, there usually isn't for the Swedish guys. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, and if if there is, it's in Swedish, and so yeah. it's like nobody knows what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't do us any good, right? So yeah, if you guys kind of want the inside look at AJ and I scouting players. Hang out for that. Come get to know the the draft group a little bit better in the Avs area. We'll be doing a handful of those of, of guys in that avalanche range over the next month or so anyway. So hope you all come out for that. But I guess we're out of here for this show. You all know the drill. We will be back tomorrow. And in the meantime, you can head on over to MSU Denver online and put a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs, and some of our very own staff members at DNVR are taking MSU Denver online classes this summer. I love you, MSU Denver, but I already graduated, so I'm not coming back this summer. I'm sorry. I do have my degree from you, though, and I highly recommend it. Be sure to check it out at msudenver.com. They will get you all hooked up with over 750 different classes that you can take online. The MDR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. The MDR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. The MDR Avalanche with